Oh, hey, Bayshore. Welcome to Christmas at Home. If we haven't met before, uh, my name is Joel, and I'm the campus pastor at one of our locations in Rehoboth Beach. What's up, Rehoboth Beach people? Um, I'm at home right now, and, and it's nice to be at home. I don't, I don't know where you're watching this from, but do us a favor and just leave a comment. Say, hey, I'm watching from the garage, I'm watching from the living room, or I'm watching like in the spare bedroom on like the little, you know, tube TV, because that's where I've been like pushed to by the families all pushed me. I don't, I don't know where you're watching this from, but let us know in the comments. And I love Christmas at home, all right? Maybe you're rocking some Christmas pajamas like me, my wife bought these for me. She was like, Joel, we are wearing Christmas pajamas. I'm like, got it, baby. <laughs> um, I got my Christmas pajamas on. I was looking for some Christmas cookies, but um, we didn't have any. But we did have some oatmeal cream pies, which might be better than Christmas cookies. And maybe you're, you're sitting there with a cup of hot cocoa. For me, um, I'm more of a Mountain Dew person. And so I got my, uh, my Christmas Mountain Dew right here. Mm. That hits the spot, warms me up inside. I got the fireplace. Maybe you can turn on that fireplace on your Netflix machine, however you want to join us. But we're just experiencing Christmas at home. And I think it's fun to think about all of our memories of Christmas. You know, like all, all the things. This time of year, we like reminisce of Christmases long, long ago. Some of you got to think long, 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 long ago, way back. But for me, there's a lot of things that Christmas morning looked like for me, or Christmas at our house looked like. First off, uh, every Christmas Eve, my brother would beg me to sleep in the same room as him for Christmas. He always wanted us to like wake up together um, in the same bedroom so that we could like, you know, then go wake up our parents and start Christmas Day. And for years, like I would say, okay, Tim, I'll, I will sleep in the same room as you on Christmas Eve, okay? Like I'm, I'm like, I'm not a hugger. You know, my brother, he's the one who's like always hugging everybody. I need, I have personal space issues. But my brother, you know, he's, he's like, let's sleep in the same room. So I did that for years and I'll never forget one year, Tim was like, it's Christmas Eve. Like we get to sleep in the same room together, brother. And I remember that year I was like, Tim, we can't. And I remember he looked so sad and, and he's like, well, why not? And I'll never forget what I said next. I said, Tim, the reason we can't sleep in the same room wearing matching pajamas anymore is because I'm 24 years old. <laughs> we have outgrown this stage, but I have all these early childhood Christmas memories. Um, in our family, we would go wake up our parents when we woke up on Christmas morning and my parents had to get ready before Christmas morning started. And so my parents would start to get ready. My dad would always take a shower. And we're waiting. We're like, Dad, like how long can you be in the shower? And my dad would be like, hey, I'm washing my hair. And you all know my dad doesn't have any hair. So like he's in there forever. We're like, come on. And finally he would get cleaned up and we would, we would go out into our dining room and we'd sit around the dining room table. And my dad would bring out the family Bible. And it was the biggest Bible you've ever seen. And we start reading the Christmas story. We start in Matthew. Then we will read Luke 2. And I'm like, okay, we're almost to the presence. And then my dad will go into Isaiah. I'm like, really, dad? We're going Old Testament now? Like, this is what happens when your dad is a professional Christian. And then he would bust out the guitar. And he would start singing like it was a Michael Buble concert. And we're like, oh, my goodness. And finally... <laughs> We would get to start opening presents, and my mom would then start cooking Christmas breakfast after we opened our Christmas presents. Now, 
Christmas breakfast in our house growing up was a whole story in and of itself. It wasn't like bacon and scrapple and waffles, which is what it's supposed to be. No, my family tradition was to have what's called mackerel, which is the stinkiest fish you've ever smelled in your life. And the whole house would smell like stinky mackerel. I'd be like dry heaving in like the presents. It was terrible. But that was part of the Christmas morning for us. And then my grandparents would come over and like, my dad would turn on the Amy Grant Christmas album on CD. And he loved that album. And that was Christmas for us as a kid. And it was imperfect. There was mackerel, you guys. But that's kind of what made it perfect for me. And I, I know that Christmas isn't always perfect for all of us. But I think even when Christmas is imperfect, it's sort of perfect, right? And I don't know what your, your favorite thing about Christmas is, all right? And, and I want everybody to just take a moment and, and think about what's your perfect Christmas look like? You know, maybe for you, it's everybody wearing the, the, the Christmas pajamas. I think every mother just thought that. Like, oh, it's if every kid can be in matching Christmas pajamas. Like, I don't really get it. But anyway, I'm rocking them right now. Maybe your perfect Christmas. I want you to think about what does it feel like? What, is it, what does it smell like? What does it sound like? And just leave a comment. Say, hey, it's, it's sound, it smells like hot cocoa. That's what it smells like. Put something in the comments. Maybe for you, the perfect Christmas is sitting in your favorite chair, you know, with, with uh, the Christmas music going, and you're there with your, your, your favorite children. You know, you know how that is, parents. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe you're there, uh, your perfect Christmas is Christmas music. Maybe you like the classics, Bing Crosby or Michael Buble. Maybe you're into Mariah Carey. We're not here to judge. We're, we're just here to love on you, okay? I don't know what your favorite or, or the perfect Christmas is for you, but for me, it has to include watching the movie Home Alone. I love the movie Home Alone. I, um, I won that movie on VHS tape in the 90s on Little League opening day, and I started watching it over and over again, and I have like this talent to memorize movie lines, and so my kids, they started to like develop that same talent because we would watch Home Alone all the time, and um, I remember one night we watched Home Alone, and the next day we're in the family minivan and from the back of the minivan, my daughter quotes a line from Home Alone. It's the first time I've ever heard her like quote a line from a movie and she quoted it perfectly. And guys, it was the only line in the movie that has a cuss word in it. And she won the Academy Award. I'm like, I can't be a pastor anymore. I'm like, Stacy, we need to pull it. We gotta put a password on the Netflix machine. Like, <laughs> but I love the, that Home Alone movie. And that's like, that's like perfect the perfect Christmas for me. And I don't know what the perfect Christmas is for you, what you, you would think it, it looks like, but whatever the perfect Christmas looks like for you, it's not gonna happen this Christmas. Aren't you glad you turn on TV and watch us today? <laughs> but you know it's not gonna happen. We, we can all just like pray and go back to watching 24 hour uh, reruns of a Christmas story, like, cause we know that the perfect Christmas is not gonna happen. You, you could get everything pretty close to right. You could buy your kid the perfect gift, wrap it in the perfect Disney wrapping paper, put it strategically behind the tree so it's the last gift they see, but you know you're going to forget the batteries to that toy that they open. And then they're going to start crying and they're going to be wiping their tears with the Disney wrapping paper. You're going to blame the batteries on Santa. Come on, parents. <laughs> it's Santa's fault, okay? That's not Santa, that's a snowman. Anyway, <laughs> Something's not going to go right. Your, your, your eggnog is going to be expired. The family you want to see this Christmas, they're going to show up late and leave early and the family you don't want to see. Hello, 
they're going to show up early. They're going to be the first ones to show up and the last ones to leave. You're going to be hiding out in the bathroom like, oh, Lord, would you have them go home? I just wish I could be home alone right now. Like, something is not going to go perfectly. And the reason I know that is because right now things are not perfect in our house. If you um, kind of know our story or watch one of the, the videos that our church put out recently, our entire family, my wife, my kids, myself, we all have COVID-19 as we're filming this right now. And so like, we really are gonna be home alone this Christmas. We can't go anywhere and nobody can come over. Anyway, but it's imperfect. And you know, I was thinking about that and the first Christmas wasn't perfect either. And so if you've got an imperfect Christmas going on, that's just like the first Christmas. And, and maybe you don't know the story, but in, in Matthew and in Luke, you know, Luke was a doctor. He investigated all this stuff. And he has so many details in the story. And we all kind of think, oh, yeah, it's, it's Christmas. It's the, it's the Christmas story. It's perfect. But think about it. You know, there's this, this Roman emperor. And he, he sends everyone to their hometown to go get registered for this giant census, you know, to take the census of the Roman world. And, and, and everybody had to go to the town they grew up in. And so it's like you would have to go to the town you grew up in. You wouldn't be able to be home for Christmas. So nobody was home for Christmas. They were at their childhood home, but not the home they're living in. That's not perfect. Then Mary, Mary had been planning her dream wedding. She had been putting everything on Pinterest. It was going to be amazing. But instead on the first Christmas, she is on a donkey, nine months pregnant, and she is riding about 50 to 60 miles on the back of this donkey. Listen, I, I've ridden a donkey before. I grew up in Sussex County. And let me just tell you, I've never been pregnant, but I cannot imagine riding 60 miles on a donkey. That's not perfect. You have Joseph. Okay, I'm sure when they got to the inn at Bethlehem, you know, Joseph was like, went up to the innkeeper and said, you know, my name's Joseph and we have a room. I'm part of the line of David, you know. And so the, the guy, the innkeeper, he's like click clacking away at the, the computer machine and he's looking at his screen he's like no Joseph we don't we don't have your name your, your name's not in the system we, we don't have room for you and you know Mary's not much pregnant she just rode on the back of a donkey she's like Joey you did not you did not go on Travelocity and get us a room and it, no wonder it was a silent night on the first Christmas right and then Baby Jesus is born, and he's not born in this amazing hospital bed or this amazing place. He's born in a cave with farm animals all around. The entire Jewish community, they're looking for this, like, savior that's going to be a war hero or, a, like, a politician to rescue them from Rome. And instead, they get a six-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus. The first Christmas was so imperfect. And I think we can all relate to that. I mean, I'm in my house on, you know, it's, it's, it's an imperfect Christmas for our family and maybe it's imperfect for you, but I want you to know that sometimes God uses the imperfect situations to do some really beautiful things. And maybe that's where you're at. Your situation is imperfect, but God specializes in making a masterpiece out of a mess, out of the unexpected, out of the imperfections that we go through. Um, I go to the Rehoboth campus, you know, that's the church I'm the, the campus pastor at. And a few months ago, I walked in and there was this guy in our lobby and he wanted to talk to me. And so I went and talked to him and he said, hey, my name is Sky and nicest guy. And he said to me, he's like, hey, Joel, um, I want you to know that I'm homeless and um, I'm actually living in a tent behind the church. 
And he said, I want you to know that because, you know, I'm here, I'm on, you know, I'm behind the church and I just want you to know who I am. And, and if you allow me to sleep in the tent behind the church for a few weeks, I promise I'll, I'll get, my, get back on my feet, I'll get a job. And, and I'm talking to this guy and man, I just felt for, for Sky. And so I was like, Sky, absolutely, man, you know, and we're, we're just, we're for you, man, whatever we can do for you. And we found out that Sky had his bike stolen. And he owned a tent and he owned a bike and he lost about half of what he owned when that bike was stolen from him. And so uh, RJ, our media director was like, hey Joel, do you think our church could buy Sky a bike? I'm like, RJ, that's a great idea. That's what we're about. And so we bought Sky this bike and, um, and let me just show you the video of when he received this bike. So we as a church, Pastor Bill couldn't be here. And we as a church decided that we wanted to get you something for yourself. Ooh. So we got you a bike. You were telling me that your lock, you didn't have a lock for it. Ooh. So we got you a bike lock, water bottle, a yeah. bike. We got you all set up, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, of course, man. Wow, that made it like this is from This is from the entire church, so we want to thank you to the entire church. Wow. Yeah, man. That was unexpected. <laughs> That's all yours. <laughs> thank you, man. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Yeah. How amazing was that? To, to me, that's what it's about. That's what not only Christmas is about, that's what church is about. And by the way, if you ever give to Bayshore, like you give to stories like that all the time. And you may, ne may never even see it, but I want you to know like, you help change people a lot, people's lives all the time. And I was like really excited because we gave Sky this gift. I thought we were like gifting Sky, you know? And then we got a gift from Sky. A few weeks later, I came into church and uh, Chris and our kids director said, hey Joel, uh, we saw a note when we walked in on the desk and we read it because we didn't know it was for you. Um, and she said, I just want you to know, you need to read it and you're probably gonna start crying. Now, I don't need any other reason to cry. All right, like I watched a Netflix documentary a few weeks ago and it was waterworks at the end of it. So I'm like, oh great, what am I about to read? And, and it was this letter from Sky, and I um I want to show you what what Sky said. Sky said, Dear Pastor, thank you for allowing me to set up my tent here. You have shown me true Christian love. I found a place and will be gone sometime next week. But may God continue to bless and guide you and the church. I will be removing the snow for you this winter. He's saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shovel the snow at the church for you this winter. And if COVID-19 is ever over, I'll be joining the church. Thank you, Sky. And I got that and I'm like, Sky is in the most imperfect situation. I thought about him on cold nights when he was living out in that tent. Our kids talked about Sky and we thought we were giving Sky a gift and he's in this imperfect situation but in the middle of his mess, he saw Jesus. He found Jesus. And then he was willing to shovel the church's steps. He was saying, hey, I'm gonna come to this church. And, and I hear that and I think he found Jesus in the most unlikely of circumstances and he found something beautiful in the most unlikely of circumstances. And so maybe things are imperfect for you this Christmas. And maybe they're not as far as they are imperfect for Sky. Maybe they're further than that. I, I don't know. But I think Sky gave us all a gift this Christmas to remind us that we can find Jesus. We can see Jesus in the middle of our mess. And really, the greatest present that Jesus gave us was not just the imperfect Christmas story. That helps all of us because we can all relate to that. But 
Jesus's name means the Lord saves. And in, Eman in, in Isaiah, he gave Jesus a nickname, Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so I'm not home alone this Christmas because God's with us. And you're not home alone this Christmas, whether your family is able to come in this Christmas or not. This is maybe the strangest Christmas of our entire lifetime, but you're not alone because God is with us. And so that's the greatest gift we can have. So whatever goes on this Christmas, no, it's not going to be perfect. But sometimes the most perfect stories come out of the most imperfect stories. And that's what the Christmas story really tells us. And so Merry Christmas, Bay Shore. We're so glad that you hung out with us today. And uh, we have some other stuff with you for you after this. But Merry Christmas from my family to your family.